Patriot power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. The Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast for 1900hotdog.com, the final comedy website. Go subscribe to our Patreon and get hilarious articles every weekday from an all star cast of writers like Alex Schmidt, Tom Ryman, Lydia Bug, Brendan McGinley, Denard Dale, and of course, my partner, voted number three best way in Brock Magazine, Robert Brockway. I'm Robert Brockway. Here's a Brockway fact. No follow up questions. I, I guess I didn't have any. Uh, our guest is a Satan expert who knows how to rock. His new novel is If This Book Exists, You're in the Wrong Universe. It's on sale now. In fact, go buy it with the money you were going to use for our Patreon. He's our dear friend, TikTok star, Jason Pargin. This could be this could be a rough one uh, as terms of uh, <laughs> as far as episodes go, uh, and I do kind of feel bad about Are we? When does this episode come out? Is it before Christmas? Uh, it's running it on Christmas. Be, yeah. It is. It is in the the ninety seven day Christmas season that we have here in America, um, but and so I don't want it to come off like we are attacking Christianity or or, yes, or faith are. in general. I'm fine um, with them thinking that. Absolutely, we are. Every every podcast, we are. I declare war on God every morning. I declare war on God officially right now. You hear me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm coming for you, God, backwards. But I, you know what? Uh, let's plug before we start talking about God, because uh, your book is doing great. After only a month, uh, I just checked. It's got over 600 views on Amazon. It's still at a perfect five stars. So congratulations. Yeah, because that should be getting past the point where the backlash kicks in. Like early on, the people who pre-order the book are generally super fans. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like that thing where Marvel movies, like the first reviews that come out ahead of the embargo, it's always from some weird a guy with a, with a blog or whatever. They're like the super nerds and they're like, well, Black Panther two is better than the original. And then as then the real reviews come in, it's like, oh, okay. Well, same thing. Like the first reviews that go up, you know, on Goodreads or whatever, that's the people who pre-ordered it months in advance. They immediately read it. Mm-hmm. Nobody who hate reads the book is going to get to it that quickly. Surely they have other priorities in their life. You would like to think so. They're hard um, to predict. But now there's 650 reviews on Amazon. There's over a thousand reviews on Goodreads, which if you're familiar with Goodreads to be at 4.6 average or after a thousand Goodreads reviews, because again, to be, I'm not, if, if you're listening to this and you're a Goodreads user, I don't mean you, but there are some weirdos over hmm. there. But like Goodreads is where you get reviews where people will like give you one star because they don't like the profanity in a book or, or, or my copy was wet when I got it. (laughs) The the Amazon guy left it in the rain. One star. Um, So no, I'm actually more real authors. Don't boast of uh, like user reviews, that kind of thing. I do because I feel like in some ways that means more than the reviews from the critics who, for all you know, mm-hmm. I could have bought them off or they could be scared of me. But the people, That's when true. the people are kind of a badass, 
And because these people have no motivation to give anything a good review. I mean, this is the internet. Like a lot of people are not motivated to leave a, a, a rating for something unless it enraged them. Um, True. So yeah, if if you if you previously thought that that Sean and Robert were just talking up the book out of courtesy, there Fear. are a bunch of strangers. Yeah, and they were they even before they it's read both. it, they were. It there are these strangers out there who say yes, it is. It is a quality. It is a quality piece of work. Ah, strangers, the best, the best, and most trustworthy critics. <laughs> it's a well, great book. Um, it is a great book, and you're a talented writer and a wonderful friend. And, and when will I'm it be enough you for you? <laughs> because you're also a devil expert, and that's what we're talking about today. Uh, uh, for, okay, we have to offer some context. People who have not listened to every single episode of The Dog Zone, when I am on to discuss anything having to do with hardcore evangelical Christianity, I get very angry. So that's why they're they're trying to do everything they can to, to put me in a positive mood. Um, we've done a couple episodes on the subject, a few. It feels like anything having to do with the satanic panic, any of that stuff, I grew up with it. I grew up in an evangelical church that leaned hard into all of that fringe stuff. And yeah, mm -hmm. same. Uh, I don't think we had a ton of this in our house, though. This uh, we're talking today about backmasking, which is when uh, rock and roll records would have hidden messages about Satan when you played them backwards. Um, and I do have three books on this that I have ready as our resource. Uh, I want to start with one called uh, Backward Masking Unmasked by Jacob Aranza. Well, he and got to that title first. Yes, it's a very good book. Uh, Jake Maronsa, uh, by the time he was nine years old, he was already deeply involved in the drug and rock culture of Houston, Texas. So that's something, <laughs> keep that in mind. He was a fucking third grader. Just kick-ass nine-year-old. Raising hell. Uh, so that's uh, the kind of truth we're dealing with when it comes to this fella. Um, um, not, not to interrupt, but again, there's more context that needs to be added here. You know how listeners... Like a lot of politicians, when they, they run and they become public figures, suddenly the skeletons start coming out of their closet and it turns out they've got, you know, a history of drug use or whatever. In sure. the world of evangelical public speakers, it's the opposite. Yeah. They all claim that they came from like rough, brutally violent gang and drug backgrounds and then if you were to dig it up, the skeleton would be that, no, they had the, the the most total bland suburban white bread background, but they always would try to boost their street cred with, hey, I was personally wrapped up in the satanic gangs that walk our all of our cities. I was yeah. there to see it. And I, and thanks to the grace of the Lord, I, I came through. And they're always just, it's the weirdest thing. You're having to lie about having been a scumbag in the past and, and you can tell by every detail they offer, it's, they don't even have friends who were in that situation. <laughs> right. Yeah, this dude's a full nerd, uh, I promise. Um, I want to read a, a section from the intro. Uh, it says, why is this so important for us to know about rock music in general and backward masking in particular? Because a recent national survey revealed that the average teenager in America listens to about six hours of music every day. That seems uh, like a lot. Uh, but I guess they didn't have good TV back then. Thus, rock music certainly is one of the great vehicles for molding the morals of the youth of America. Listen to what Jacob Aranza has to say. It will shock you, frighten you, enlighten you. Hopefully all of us will be shocked, frightened, and enlightened enough to make us want to, to do something about it. That comes from Bill Keith, 
uh, Louisiana senator. So this uh, this insane nonsense had the full endorsement of uh, of the uh, at least the Louisiana state government. Shocked and frightened and enlightened, always tightened, very whitened. <laughs> so I did a Twitter poll earlier when we decided to do this episode. I did a poll to ask, had you heard of the backward masking controversy? Because obviously on Twitter, one thing is there's a very wide age range. So right. what year did that book, the one you've got, what year did that come out? This was 1983. So nearly... 40 years ago, Jesus Christ. Uh Oh, this is a different revelation. It's just how old we are sometimes. Um, So, and I was actually surprised that 70% of the respondents had heard of this controversy because Mm -hmm. again, with a lot of the satanic panic stuff, it kind of faded. And while some things came back in other forms, like the, the satanic ritual abuse, you see tons of shadows of that in QAnon you know, abducting yeah. children for some sort of you know, ritual or, or whatever, that kind of never goes away. The backward masking thing, it, it's, it was, I, it was a huge deal. And we're going to talk about it because at one point it went to court where a, a band was accused of like prompting a kid to commit suicide and they had to play the music backwards in front of the judge. Like that's how far it went, but it, it really, almost totally faded from memory in a way that it, like there's, as far as you know, there's no, like you can't go on TikTok or somewhere and find some guy out there still carrying the flag of, well, if you play this TV show backward, they're saying this or whatever. Right. Well, maybe. I, I feel like QAnon has a, it goes crazy in so many different directions. There's probably some backmasking involved. I bet if you play some Biden speeches backwards or something. Yeah, but he's uh, probably not one of the more popular QAnons. See, yeah. I, al- I almost missed this, even just being four or five years younger than you guys. I barely remember this because this was gone by the time like I had a human brain sometime in the 90s, whenever that did happen. Like I remember hearing about it distantly, but it was not a controversy and it seemed very goofy by the time I did hear about it. So I missed 100% of the time that this was taken seriously, which I gather it really was. I had a friend in grade school who was terrified of it, who was like certain that like if you listen to records backwards, they were all filled with satanic messages and uh, yeah, I wonder what they're doing. Did you read them up? They're probably QAnon. They're a QAnon. Lot. And, uh, I don't think I did, but yeah, they did not do well in school. <laughs> See, uh, this <laughs> happened at an age when I fully believed it because I was I was just a kid, and I uh, I, I mean, you know, when I entered my teen years, it all seemed very silly. But I re- I had this the book you're talking about. I didn't have the book. I had a lecture. It was a set of cassette tapes that the guy. Okay. Um, well, it, which is better because it actually played the clips. So right. like had the Beatles backward thing. Had all these examples. And it was his. It was he sold uh, his speaking tour or whatever. And I listened to that and it was just mind blown. It's like whoa, holy crap! And he had it sounded so scientific. Because uh-huh. he had all of this data and all these quotes from like an expert said that the odds of these messages being on there on accident <laughs> sure. is 0.001. Like it's it's not possible. It's so clear what they're saying. So hold on. 
<laughs> Hold on. You had you had this on cassette and listened to this as a very young child. This is this is baby Jason Bargin in his bedroom studiously listening to, to cassettes of people scientifically. Scientific <laughs> this, does this count as your first rock album? I yeah, because like I had heard this before I was old enough to be into uh, rock music. It's um this is your first it, rock album. Because again, I was born in Amazing. I was born in 1975. I, now I don't think you know that this persisted for a few years. I would bet I was probably 10 or 11 years old in that neighborhood. That's, what an image! I am um, just studiously in your little shorts, listening and staring hard at the wall, like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I feel like when I say that I, you know, because it was my mother who was the very religious one, and my father could take it or leave it. But it was, but the church we went to was a hardcore, like apocalypse is coming church. I feel like when I say that, people don't if they didn't come from that background, don't fully understand what that means. Like when you're a kid, I'm sorry, there's not really a lot of truly skeptical, critical thinking eight-year-olds, especially if you've been shielded from other Mm -hmm. viewpoints. And this is what today, what I resent about the upbringing is not being raised with a religious faith, which is how most of the world is raised it's the way it was presented like, well, everybody out there knows this is true. They're just lying. Yeah. Like everybody knows what we're saying. Like everybody knows evolution is fake. They just, they just say it because they love Satan and they love evil. They, but, but like <laughs> scientists are out there faking the evidence. They know it's not, it's not real. That's what bugged me because that it, like the grownups had to know it wasn't true. And then the question I'm going to ask in this episode, the one question that I still lingers in my mind, Sean, Robert, hmm. Do you think this guy who wrote this book believed it, or do you think he was running a grift? It's always the tough question. I think he probably uh, believed it. Uh, just judging from his writing, he seems like really infected with like motivated reasoning, like most religious people. So he has decided this is real, and it's just like finding any possible uh, way that could be true, and. Uh, yeah, I think it's as simple as that. I think um, most cases, these people start out as a grift. I think it started out as being like, maybe not not to the level of, oh, these chumps will fall for anything, but very much coming from an insincere place. But the more you pretend to be something, the more you become it. And eventually he keeps going on these tours. He keeps talking to everybody at every stop about this over and over. I he probably believed it by the end. Yeah, I, I well, well, I think what this book is, uh, and I'll get to this later. I think it's clickbait because the back backmasking stuff takes up about one um, percent of the entire book, and that's how it is with every book like this. I have several books on backmasking, and it's like, hey, here's the eleven examples, and then the rest of it is just your standard church shit. Just like, here's what's wrong with rock music. Here's what's wrong with the gays. Whatever, whatever their agendas are, and so. Um, whether he's sincere or not, he, it's clearly not that urgent to get rid of this. It's just like a way to get you interested enough to buy a book. And then, you know, he'd ha- he has the filler, just the, the other crap that he needs to say. Uh, but I, speaking of these books, they always start with, um, they cite the, cite the study from the 50s. Uh, you probably know about it called, uh, it was James Vickery 
and he flashed the words "drink Coca-Cola and popcorn in movie theaters." Do you remember this? I, yeah, well, I know. It. We we debunked it on Cracked, right? Because yeah. the, the whole deal was it itself was a scam. But the idea of subliminal advertising, as he called it, was huge for a while. I think in the eighties yeah. you heard about it constantly, and they even would joke about it in movies and stuff. Right. So uh, yeah, he was lying. It doesn't work, uh, but it kind of feels like it should, and so. It, it caught on like crazy. Everyone was scared of it. They were passing laws to prevent it. Um, and so this is sort of the foundation backmasking is built on. It's like a debunked study that didn't work. And then they've wildly adapted it to a different sensory input played in reverse. So it's like, it seems like it's, this seems crazy to me uh, on its surface. But again, uh, I have the benefit of hindsight. So uh, to be clear, that guy, James Vickery, walked it back four years later. Uh, he was like, hey, guys, I didn't do enough research, but this was three years after someone actually did the research. There was a Canadian broadcasting corporation in 1959 that uh, tried to recreate it. They they played a broadcast and they hid the words call now or phone now or whatever, and uh, it did not increase the number of people calling into the station. Then they asked the viewers, hey, what do you think we put there? What do you think we hid? What was the secret message? And more than half of them said something about wanting to eat or drink because I was so hungry or thirsty while the show was on. Uh, they didn't do anything like that. They were just stupid people brainwashing themselves. Something because about humans, the devil. Yes. Surely. Humans are dumb as shit is basically what they proved. And they also sort of proved that, And again, this was 1959, a year after the original study, they proved it did not work. And it's still perpetuated for 40 more years. Uh, a year later, someone tried again. They did a study where they uh, had a bunch of nurses and they, uh, had them write about pictures, and then they flashed subliminal messages on a TV screen to either write more or don't write. And no matter what they put on there, all the nurses wrote more. And so the guy doing that study said, oh my God, it totally works. It makes them write more. And then someone else said, no, you fucking dumbass. One of those subliminal messages was don't write. It does not work. Something else made them write more. So um, that's the state of the science uh, these people are afraid of. And just... Uh, the idea was that your subconscious mind can pick up things like that, that your conscious mind doesn't, which that part is true. Your subconscious mind is picking up stuff all the time that your conscious mind doesn't. That's how we of course. function. Um, but the theory was in, yeah, in all sorts of ways, you could like hide messages in anything and that you can manipulate people that way because for decades we were obsessed with the idea of some kind of mind control technique mm -hmm. or that or that people could secretly manipulate you. You know, that's why so many old movies used to have like hypnotism as a key plot point. You'd have been hypnotized into becoming an, an assassin or, or something. Right. Um, yeah, you just did the uh, behind the bastards where the CIA, you know, killed all those people trying to get, you know, Mind control to work. Yeah, MK Ultra. They just kept dosing people right. with massive amounts of LSD because they were sure they could craft it into a mind control drug. And then, meanwhile, time and time again, even during this this program, what they kept finding was that if you truly want to manipulate somebody into doing something they wouldn't normally do, like offering do a dude sex with a, a hot naked woman, that works really well. Uh, yeah beating them with motivated. a pipe until they agree to do the thing is another way that is really reliable, uh, offering them tons of money. Like they yeah, have all these tried money. and true methods that require no science fiction technology. 
that yeah, listeners, if you want to listen to the epic four part or however many parts we did, it, it, it was. Re- I know we spent like an entire day recording it. So that yeah, it is the one of the longest and, and dumbest episodes in American government history, which is really saying something. But it was all about this. It was our obsession, our cultural obsession with this idea that if you could just find a technology that could trick people into doing what we want them to do, buying our thing or whatever. I mean, it changed the face of how pop culture kind of views it. And then I think that became a pervasive idea because it used to be, you know, like you said, hypnotists and, and things like that. And I feel like after a certain point, maybe 60s, 70s, it became very much about showing people a film, like a rapid cut film, very clockwork orange style things. Mm-hmm. And it became this this sort of universal cinema shorthand that if you want to program somebody, uh, you show them a rapid cut film and, and with all the messages that you want them to do. Like a uh, like cinematic masterpiece, uh, Street Fighter, Street Fighter, the movie. That's how they That's made right. Blanca. I rest my case, whatever it was. <laughs> I mean, as recently as... Yeah, it's, as dumb as this is, it did give us They Live. I should say that yeah, They Live they is a live. masterpiece. We wouldn't have it if it wasn't for these maniacs uh, doing this stupid, unscientific bullshit. I mean, as, as recently as Fight Club in 1999, they had the joke there. They're splicing in yeah. pen- penises into children's cartoons. And the idea was that these all these kids would see it but wouldn't know they had seen it. They're like, that's only 1999. That's only <laughs> 20... Jesus. Three years ago? Stop doing that. <laughs> I might have told this on the podcast, but uh, when I left uh, Fight Club, it, I was in a Portland, Oregon movie theater, and some super square old lady uh, came out of the theater, and she says, I didn't like it that much. It was like just like the view inside the mind of a crazy person, and uh, been there, done that. Done <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> that. And that's, that's how we invented <laughs> that phrase right there. That old lady said that for the first time. Yep. Went on to make $2 billion in bumper stickers. <laughs> Let's well, do um, another episode about just 90s era catchphrases that, that we missed. That's a little too much information. Or, oh, don't go that? there, Jason. That's more information than what I what I wanted. Too much TMI. TMI. TMI, yeah. TMI baby. Classics. Too much information. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're getting off the subject. <laughs> well, um, in this book, it uh, also has some reader mail. So it basically says, here's the science of subliminal messaging, and now here's some reader mail. So this guy was an evangelist, so he did actually have reader mail. These might be real, but I'm not sure. Anyway, it's it's just letters from kind of normal, very problematic people telling him he's a fucking idiot. Uh, they don't put it that nicely. Uh, here's one letter I liked. Um, I'm sick of people talking about playing records backwards and hearing devil worshiping. If you really want to hear something backwards, listen to Hall Notes. You can hear them getting gay with each other. <laughs> Wait, you can hear that you can hear them getting gay with each other only if you play it backwards? Is okay. that what he's saying? I guess. I, it's so good. Like, like to take the word backwards, and he's like, I gotta fucking call Hall Notes gay. How do I get that word backwards? Get Came in here with a mission and accomplished it, no matter how much had to be destroyed. Listen, you play it backward, you hear the distinct phrase mustache ride. Uh, you hear balls slapping. It sounds normal played forwards. The first backwards message they cite is from the Beatles' White Album. Um, I think the Beatles were probably the first people to ever put backmasking in a song. Uh, they did it like super intentionally. I think it was Rain was uh, the song. And they just had like a guitar solo backwards and they put some lyrics in backwards. Purely for artistic reasons, there was not a satanic message. But 
I think that's what inspired people to say, hey, let's play all this shit backwards. And so um, I'm going to play a clip. This is the first uh, the first thing they cite in this book. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, da, 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 da. Here we go. Oh, it's nine, beautiful. This is forwards. Number nine. Number nine. And then backwards. Can you tell what he's saying? Now, here's the thing. Okay, listeners, you heard that, or you can rewind if you if you didn't. Before Sean tells you what it's supposed to say, can you hear it saying something? That's the, the key. Because once he tells you this is the phrase you're supposed to hear, you will be able to hear it. That's the magic of this. Yes. That you can make yourself hear all sorts of things played backward because that's the brain seeks patterns, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, Brockway, are you familiar with this specific? Uh, no, but it, I mean, I I know the phenomenon in general. It's like those optical illusions where they're like, now turn it around with your look at this chair, and then turn it around with your brain. Like you can't do it right. until you are told now turn okay. it around. So if you if you had to guess what that was saying backward, what would you what what do you think it's saying? What do you think is the hidden message they discovered? Oh, I don't know, but I'm I'm really hungry for Fight Club cock now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Well, it was supposed to say "Turn me on, dead man." And, okay. uh, That's nothing. Turn, <laughs> yes, but this was part of a of a growing conspiracy that Paul was dead. A lot of people probably know about this. Yeah, uh, they. They said he was dead, like as a taunt for a while, and then after this became more silly, they like, oh, they did this as a publicity stunt. They wanted us to talk about this silly thing to sell albums. Uh, also, on Abbey Road, there was a car on the cover, and the license plate was twenty eight IF, implying that if Paul was alive, he'd be twenty eight. Uh, <laughs> also, is that also, even accurate? It doesn't matter. Is barefoot on the the famous yes, album cover, uh, which, no which as we all know, all of us know <clears throat> that being barefoot symbolizes you are dead. Yes, because uh, this book steal your shoes mentions that, <laughs> but he doesn't mention this clip that I found, which I'm going to play now. Right, this is forwards. Not a great, it's not their best. Now backwards. Did you catch that? Uh, if if you got some warring shoes, we can jump in rain. It said, uh, "We all know Paul didn't. Or Paul never wore his shoes. We all know he is dead." Is what that said. Oh, um, clearly. Yeah, just pretty clearly. You know what's funny is um, I did an article uh, that mentioned this on Cracked, and I have a, a favorite song called "Funky Cold Medina" by Tone Loke, which is a great <laughs> song, and. It, becomes more and more insane every year. And so I played it backwards and of course it was nonsense, but then I'm like, no, I'm going to fucking make this work. And so I sort of like bad lip reading it and just like kept listening to it until I formed words. I added subtitles and now you can find this article still on cracked. I'm sure it's broken as all shit, <clears throat> but it's, uh, you, you can just clearly see the words he's saying and hear them. And, and if you listen to tone Loke's funky Comedina backwards after seeing this, you'll just, uh, if Here's we did that, life. if you did that today as a video, you would make $47 in ad revenue. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a lot of hits. It's still on YouTube. Uh, it would get 800 million views and you would get enough to buy half of a video game. Right. It is the kind of dumb idea that like 
there's no reason it couldn't go super viral. It didn't, but like it is, uh, it's pretty funny. So it wasn't on TikTok, um, baby. Yeah, I gotta get that on TikTok. Now I have a uh, question because I think a lot of the listeners have this question too. How is the Beatles thing? satanic because how did you get from this guy saying this is a form of satan inserting messages to sneak into our our precious children's minds to <laughs> the beatles did this because they thought it was funny right you make a a very good point that the book does not even try to uh attack. <laughs> it basically brings up how like they did the beatles did this they also seem to think it was a publicity stunt, and yet they go through and they painstakingly talk about every single one of them. Like um, they cite on the album where someone in the crowd screams rape, which is uh, weird uh, to think that someone in the crowd would scream that. But then they play that backwards as if like that wasn't the bad part. They're like, no, we got to play that backwards to see if something bad comes of it. Pair. And um, <laughs> uh, I do. Ha- I think I have that one. Yes. <laughs> Could you understand that? Yeah, wall. He's just pumped about that, a wall. That was Paul. He's saying, get me out, Paul. Get me out, Paul. So clearly, uh, they still think he's like writing this from hell, I guess. Like it's he's screaming from <laughs> hell. So I think that's how this guy's made the connection to why we need to care about this as, you know, warriors for God. Um, he mentions at the end of uh, I'm So Tired, uh, there's kind of a gibberish sound. Now, wait until you hear this backwards. Paul is a dead man. Miss him, miss him, miss him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's shaky. Uh, the book just kind of blows past all the Paul's dead conspiracy stuff. It, I make it sound like this the whole book. I mean, this is a paragraph so far. Uh, so next up, he talks about Black Oak, Arkansas. Everybody remembers this hot band. Uh, their hit album, Live Raunch and Roll. You remember this, of course. <laughs> so anyway, they have a song called When Electricity Came to Arkansas. And in the middle of the song, he just starts growling. <laughs> and he starts saying like Satan backwards, like Natas. Nat, like he's like phonetically reading it as if you wrote it backwards. And it's, it's so fucking dumb. So I found a group of people on a Christian show, Paul and Jan Crouch, they had a guy on called William Yarrell, who, uh, if you're familiar with this, you might actually recognize that name. He came on and brought them this clip. Uh, it's like a three-minute clip, so we can talk over it, but it is astonishing. There's another band, uh, Black Oak, Arkansas, and uh, they've got a song, The Day Electricity Came to Arkansas. Now, what's incredible about this is it's a live album, okay? There could be no backtracking done, or, or if, even if, and just kind of playing the devil's advocate, they were trying... ELO was trying to do this on purpose, like he is the nasty one, Christ, you're infernal. They would have to cut it over and over and over to get it just right. Well, this is a live album, which you don't have the availability to do that. Let's, let me play a piece of that for you forwards. Good, right? You having a seizure? <laughs> Some good early Mr. Bungle shit. 
was forward. That was forward. That now, was forward? Yes. I mean, that's kind of What's incredible cute. about this piece that's a good old man is the joke, fact that he went naughty, 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 either Natas or Latosh or something. So you acknowledge it's Natosh gibberish forward. <laughs> now, obviously, why would he not just say Satan, Satan, Satan? Why would he say it backwards? Natas, Natas, Natas three times. That's I not think Satan. we have a clue to that we'll share with you a little bit later. But right. right. I mean, to, Yeah, that doesn't frankly, turn into Satan backwards. If he would have said Satan, 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 it wouldn't have been that objectionable because they have other songs like Race with the Devil and songs like that and it wouldn't have been, the lyrics would not have been out of place. They're fine with it forwards. Satan, Satan, Satan. They're fine telling the children to worship Satan. Why? Let's play that backwards and see why. it again. Now I'll slow it down just a little. It goes into that laughing, doesn't right. it? Right. Listen for Satan, 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 and a fourth Satan. He is God, he is God, he is God. And then the laughter. You hear the laughter. Okay. And watch what your brain does now. Satan, Satan. He is See, God. I heard he is soccer, God. soccer, soccer, and then, the and then goat noises. By Black Oak, Arkansas. That too. Uh, okay. Um, now, listeners, do you understand why a 10-year-old me, when I heard <laughs> that clip, that it sent would send chills down my spine? Because one- Studi- Studiously listening and taking notes in your little shorts. St- <laughs> stuff that played backwards sounds scary i'm sorry it just does like it's creepy sounding it it just it it's weird so when this guy says you know whatever satan is god or whatever like that when he he plays the clip and your little brain now hears it it was very convincing at Mm -hmm. the time so i get it it's eerie it's chilling it's like you're you're discovering this hidden knowledge like it's got all of the stuff that the best conspiracy material has it's like it's that mind-blown moment when you realize there's like an arrow in the fedex logo it's like oh my gosh it's been in plain sight all the time (laughs) Uh, even though they had to dig deep for this band that no one's heard of to find an example where the guy was probably intentionally saying satan backwards specifically yeah, he was doing yeah, like it on purpose obvious. and failing yeah. at it. Yeah. <laughs> he did a very bad job. He's like, I'm going to take the letters in Satan and put them backwards and then read that phonetically. And it's like, no one told him, like, well, that's not going to sound like Satan backwards, dude. Well, but uh, it, there's something else here that I think is probably a, a little confusing to people. Um, and this is where it gets starts to get kind of esoteric or whatever. There were two factions in the backward masking world because you're you're probably wondering, well, why did that that guy emphasize how impossible this would be to do live? Mm-hmm. There were two factions. One was that the bands were doing this on purpose because they were Satanists and were trying to program their young fans to to become to worship Satan. 
And then there were people saying, no, it's actually, you would have to be a genius to sing a lyric forward that, that has a hid message backward too. This is actually impossible for a human to do on purpose. They are possessed by literal demons. <laughs> oh, I yes. thought we were going somewhere reasonable. Who, I'm so glad you brought that up. Who caused them to do this. So not even the bands know they're doing it. Now, the bands are, to be clear, absolutely worshiping tons of Satan behind the scenes well, yeah. in their spare time. But they have become so fully like it, imbued with Satan's power that when they sing, it, it's it's coming out in this backward, uh, you know, message. That of course the young kids' subconscious minds they have sneaked Satan into their brains. Now, you might be asking, well, but Jason, this guy in the show just said that there they have other songs that mention the devil forward. And the, mm -hmm. their fans just shrug it off. Why would this very difficult to hear phrase of him just shouting Satan as God or over and over again, why would that be effective in reprogramming a child's mind? And I'm sure Sean's book explains that in perfect <laughs> logical detail. Absolutely, it does. Um, I think, let's see, I have it deep in my notes. Um, I feel like the guy that we talked about earlier, the guy that said uh, uh, the subliminal messages worked. Uh, this guy took the information he had and he decided that once you listen to a song three times that has a backwards message, your brain quote stores them as truth. He actually told this to the California assembly's consumer protection and toxics committee in 1982. They had this fucking maniac from the TV show you just listened to on to, to talk to lawmakers and he told them that once someone hears something three times uh it's just stuck in their brain so if you listen to led zeppelin's stairway to heaven uh which backwards says i sing because i live with satan the lord turns me off there's no escaping it here's to my sweet satan if you hear that three times it's done so what is that 40 minutes and you're satanic so uh that's this guy and uh the book doesn't say that that was like side research i did the book itself just assumes uh, all this is real because they're they're fucking maniacs. Um, I do have something. You were talking about how um, people were actually possessed by demons and this was all done supernaturally. That seems to be what the author implies a lot of the times. But I have more clips from this TV show because uh, this guy, uh, I guess there was... When you talk about rival factions back then, there were also trolls. There were also like people who knew this was bullshit who fucked with them. And so people would take Christian music and play that backwards and find satanic messages. And so this is how they would like, you know, counter troll these trolls. And so this guy's like, guys, no, like that, I haven't heard those. I don't know what you're talking about, but I have some Christian music that will play backwards. And guess what happens when they play the Christian music backwards? It fucking rules. No, there are there are messages glorifying God. Case closed. Aww. I have the proof right here. We're gonna play it. This is forwards. God, it's beautiful. Just I want you to take it in for the glory of His Majesty. Hey, behold we, the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. All right. Obviously, that was forwards, and it, we just obviously. took that piece. And when we played it backwards, listen for Lamb of Glory, Lamb of Glory play it for you a couple times 
of times. Yeah, that is nothing. Glory! <laughs> the crowd went wild. The hosts were like double thumbs up with their tongues out. They just, they're so pumped. They're so smug. About Got him. Like, this proves that like Jesus Christ can do the same thing that the devil can. And uh, like to them, this wasn't proof that this shit is just whatever someone wants it to be. This was proof that no, God and the devil like mess with record sounds. So I don't know. At a certain point, religion has to start getting into like real Santa Claus rules. Like, why did God do this? How did he do this? Why didn't he make it clear? Why doesn't he do it for every record? Why did he invent pediatric cancer? What the fuck, God? Uh, so next up, he brings uh, Electric Light Orchestra, which did this kind of thing as part of their art. Like they put backwards stuff in their music that just spoke very clearly to you when you reversed it. So I have a clip of that. This is four. The music is reversible, but time turn back, turn back, turn back. So, so that's what you get when you play an ELO record backwards, which is cute or profound or whatever the fuck, but it's like an almost throwaway line in the book. Like, here's this proof that people are just doing this for fun or to make fun of Christians. And uh, it doesn't make sense why he brings up every single example like this, as if to say like, hey, here's proof of Satan. Here's some people that just played some music backwards that has nothing to do with Satan. Because obviously Uh it disproves the point. When someone intentionally puts a backward message in a song, it sounds Uh backward when played forward, the, I, I the, thing, right, sure. the, the thing that they're claiming that you can have a statement that works forward and backward and sing it and it works in the song, that's that's would be the remarkable thing. But when someone puts something that sounds backward and the, it's like, oh, my gosh, they put it in there. It sounds backward. Looking back. With the infinite library of rock music that exists, even though you can project any phrasing and any backward message you want, as you just proved with your funky cold Medina example, they had precious few of these. (laughs) They had precious few good ones because I hear the same ones. Like everyone you've played are the same ones I heard. And I think there were probably no more than like 10 examples that were like their go-to. Exactly. Uh, I do have one from ELO that they claim was made by Satan. So I'll play that one. See if you can make this out at all. I heard the word furball earlier. All right, so now I'm going to tell you what hold that's on, supposed to say. I definitely heard the phrase, my girlfriend was a nasty Sandman. That's in there for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that supposedly says, he is the nasty one. Christ, you're infernal. 
Though it's said we're dead men, everyone who has the mark live. So I'm going to play it again. Yeah, I'm furball again. <laughs> Definitely furball. Fur Christ is a furball. <laughs> that is Frankenstein spitting out mouthwash, and they're like, ah, oh, Satan's coming. So, uh, again, a, a very famous one. You might have even heard that as a kid, Jason, because there are like just fucking 10 of these. In your child um, laboratory. <laughs> but this one kind of rules. They talk about Queen in the book uh, for about a sentence just to let us know that. Did you know Queen means homosexual? <laughs> this book is shocked by that. They really caught on to some subtext there. <laughs> yeah. And their song, Another One Bites the Dust, says, decide to smoke marijuana. And... It's amazing. That I that's in my top twenty queen songs. Backwards, another one bites the dust. That's yeah, kind of fucking. It's actually <laughs> pretty good. It's better than all the other backwards songs. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing. I like the thought of an impressionable youth saying to someone, I've decided to smoke marijuana. <laughs> I've made a careful decision. I've weighed the pros and cons in my child laboratory, and I've decided to smoke marijuana. Mother and father, I inform you. Uh, he also mentions a stick song called Snowblind, where they backwards it says Satan moving our voices. But I listened to this one. Tw- I didn't even cl- take a clip of this one because it's, it's exactly Hussein Omu's corsage. And if you can hear Hussein or Moo's corsage and pledge your life to the devil, that's fucking awesome. And you deserve the devil. I think that good for you. Uh, they try to mock a guy named Bob Garcia who worked at AM records, who there's very few people that actually engaged with this at all, even back in the day. And this guy's like, it must be the devil putting it in there because no one here knows how to do it. And the author's like, um, the Beatles knew how Led Zeppelin knew how, like even with the experts saying this isn't a thing, they're like, well, how does it, a thing then. Like, <laughs> well, smart guy, then explain how I heard it. Yeah. Like, trees don't actually have faces. How come I saw a face in it? Well, some stuff kind of looks like faces, and your brain finds patterns and stuff. And he's uh-huh. like, no, it's the devil, checkmate. Uh, Maybe it's your two brain was- that's the devil. Huh? That could be. Uh, chapter two is all about Aleister Crowley, the magician. Uh, he's tied up in all this because of the occult, and the Beatles obviously are witches, uh, and they confess to the killing and cloning of a man or whatever. So he Oh, that's a good idea, though. <laughs> kill a man, clone a man, kill a man. You can kill him forever. Yeah, that's true. And it's never murder. Huh. I've decided Illegal, to kill, kill and clone a man, mother and father. As long as you confess to it backwards in a pop song, you can do whatever you want to a clone. So he invented this in the 1800s to just sort of talk backwards, probably because it was weird. And uh, so he's sort of linked to that through that like oh this he's a wizard and he talks backwards so he must be tied up in this backwards talking wizards and satan again none of this has to link perfectly i do have uh, another page i want to read from here because uh at this point in the book all it is is complaining about different rock stars and 
like he's like, oh, Bowie sucks. He was a wizard, and for the Bee Gees are they they fucking had sex with people. So oh, um, caught one. Yeah, got one. So here we go. Um, former rock star Little Richard, who has since become a preacher of the gospel, relates: some rock and roll groups stand around in a circle and drink cups of blood. Some get on their knees and pray to the devil. Rock and roll hypnotizes us and controls our senses. Uh, and then he probably went, ooh, shut up. But uh, I, I, this is cited. And so I found the citation and it cited the Harrisburg Patriot News, which sounds like, like a right-wing paper, but I guess it's a pretty normal paper. And then it just says summer 1980. Uh, but this was a daily newspaper. Uh, so I don't think this is the best citation. And I also don't think that they reported on Little Richard saying, oh yeah, rock stars drink cups of blood. Woo, shut up. Again, that was something I added. Uh, they talk about Bowie and Mick Jagger and Ozzy Osbourne. And there's like a sentence about every single person that's ever recorded music in this book. And maybe an insane interview they definitely didn't give. They're constantly confessing to magic powers. And bands like Black Sabbath that really did use uh, satanic Christian imagery are held up as evidence. Like, ha look. See, I told you they're Satanists. And it's like, right, they did this to get attention from, from you idiots. Yeah, right? Black Sabbath hates it when you notice that. Yeah, oh, please don't worst. look at the devil's now. Uh, so I guess this is what I was getting at earlier with the clip about um, finding God messages in backwards God music. Religion gets so much dumber when you start to pin down details and whatever. Listeners, I think it's cute to have superstitions or some club you go to where you read the same fables as your neighbors. It's kind of nice. But then when you're like, hey, this is real and there are magic powers, it's starting to get fucked up. Because that means there's reverse magic powers and you have to fight them with your wizard abilities, which would be cool as shit. But all of these fights end up being like complaining that records have this kind of make-believe in them. They just and, don't uh, aim high enough. Like, right. if, you, if you kept escalating that, this would be a fun LARP. Right. Uh, and I think they... This, this to me feels like the event horizon for this religious stuff where it's like most nutbags stop. Like somewhere inside them, they know they're playing Easter Bunny. And it's about maintaining kayfabe at this point. They don't, they know that Satan didn't really change this record. He didn't like whatever that, that would even look like. Do they manifest themselves in the record shop and like clawed in with his nails? I don't know. Uh, it's okay. See, here's the thing. To this day, if you follow me on my social medias, you'll notice I rarely jump in on any controversy having to do with like, censorship or canceling somebody over uh, something they made or any kind of art or anything like that. It's because I have this background and have such a, I don't want to use the word triggered, but I get a real visceral reaction to somebody trying to say this piece of art, this song, this movie or whatever will program our youth to go right. out and do crimes. And I'm saying regardless of what type of what direction that criticism is coming from, because when I was a kid and then as a teenager and look back at like, oh, my gosh, these people are, you know, the, these people are nuts. Um, it was all coming from from the right and from the Christians that too was trying to to get stuff, get albums pulled from the shelves, because that's when this guy in his books like, well, you know, we've got to take action. Like, that's what he's talking mm -hmm. about. Is like taking pulling these these records off the shelf and not letting them be sold anymore. So to right. this day, anybody somebody demands a book come down or whatever, I cannot remain like calm and calmly debate freedom of speech stuff. 
because I mm-hmm. know it it kind of triggers something from my childhood of, of like this extreme bad faith pearl clutching that always is where you wind up. Yes. Once you start down that road of, well, this is problematic and it shouldn't be sold anymore. We're, we're going to you know take demand. We're going to boycott the seller until they stop selling. It's like, man, you sound just like the worst people I remember. I don't know. It's, yeah. but this is why, because it's like, it, it still is going back to the idea that this art can mind control you. And I feel mm-hmm. like in the fifties, the reaction to rock and roll was like, Oh, look at Elvis. Look at, you know, little Richard, look at how they're sexualizing our teens. And at least there you could plausibly say, yeah, those 13 year old girls shrieking at Elvis if he said, hey, let's go back to my dressing room and, and let's all have like group sex, they would he, follow him back there. Yeah. They're young and impressionable, and they think this is the sexiest thing they've ever seen in their lives. Um, it's like, yeah. at least there you have... Okay, let's not, not to... I, I do believe that a lot of rock stars do have actual problematic behavior in their in their personal sexual lives that we, we've not discovered, but we that's not the subject of this show. Like, at least there, there's something about it, but it's like the country shrugged that off and the art form, per, you know, persisted regardless. So they had to find something new. And so they found the Satanism stuff where it's like, well, yeah, Kiss's music forward is just song after song about partying. And then one song about how much they want to bang Catholic schoolgirls. Mm-hmm. But backward... You know, the KISS, the K-I-S-S, that stands for Kings at Satan's Service or in Satan's Service, which is what Something I heard like in church. And they're sure. in the, you know, like they actually spit blood and, and this, that's a ritualistic thing. And, and Gene Simmons and like the, they drink the blood of animals or whatever. And I don't remember what the back, which of their backward mask songs, because there was at least one on the, the tapes I had. It was a KISS song that backward said something. But it's like, yeah, but the song forward is just, you know, it's a song about Paul Stanley's dong uh, and, and how much he has sex with his dick. Like, it's like, if if you want to do a sermon about that, saying like, look, this is not a great way to live your life. You know, this is not, Paul Stanley's not a great role model. That really only works if you're a rock star. Like, like the guys here in right. town who live that lifestyle in the trailer park, like their lives are a mess. Just don't, you don't want to, I know these guys look cool, but you don't want to imitate it. Like that's, that's a fine sermon. Give that sermon. But the whole thing with like, no, there's secret occult knowledge that we're going to uncover. And that's the battle we're fighting. Yeah, that's the that's point where. That's start the crazy. And so I, I almost disagree with the censorship thing, just because I think the danger here is that it eventually occurs to one of these nerds that like, hold up, we need to do more than complain. God, either God wants us to kill Ozzy Osbourne or we have wasted three years of our life talking about this shit. Like the, the end game of this is clearly eliminating Ozzy Osbourne. And I feel like that's like the difference between uh, banning, you know. Which I get, which is fine. Banning this fucking maniac shit. Like it's fine to want to conquer and defeat Ozzy Osbourne. That's just be upfront about it. That's true. Like we I, are. When you look at it from that. Yeah. Okay. And again, oh man, you know, Kiss hates it, hates it so much when you talk about how satanic they are and you should never buy their records. It's just, 
<laughs> there can be no no way to feed into it better because why you wouldn't have any reason to put up resistance to this like it is benefiting both sides in an, in an absurd and stupid way yeah it's true yeah I, and like i say at most most christians stop around here where they're like yeah there's devils everywhere and they're doing all kinds of crazy shit and they're corrupting our children and then they're like but we but we like no they're not really doing that that's just the, kind of what we say it's kind of this thing that gets us riled up but like you know we're not going to go grab a shotgun and hunt the devil. That's, that's, that's crazy. But then one of them's like, dude, I will, I'll absolutely go fucking hunt the devil. And that's how we got mountain monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's, if you truly, truly took the claim seriously, because they're not saying that these musicians are killing our children. They're saying they're doing something much, much worse. They are in, infusing their spirits with demonic powers that will condemn them to eternal hell. Like if you truly thought they were doing that, then they should be arrested. They should be stopped. Sure. Like if you really believed it, if on the other hand, it's just something you say to kind of spice up your rhetoric, the way there are members of Congress who'll toss little bones to QAnon in their speeches Mm -hmm. and you can hear him do it. Like they'll just throw a little phrasing out there that they know is for the, like they know it's, it's stupid. Yeah. They're just doing what they have to do, I guess. Uh, And that is very, that's very frustrating because the thing that you mentioned about how the bands learned over time that this is like instant record sales because it's just free publicity. So they would start putting just straight up pentagrams on the album cover that guarantees you an extra hundred thousand copies because every teenager, like you want the opposite of whatever the pearl clutching old women want, right? So they are defining your taste by whatever they hate. So the moment you hear your preacher holding up this album saying, look at the trash they're selling to our children, like you are buying that thing that night and the bands knew it. And I swear you can see the same thing today because if, if I go to Twitter and see that some nobody, somebody I hear from once a year, like Adam Carolla or Dennis Miller, not, yes, this is another Dennis Miller podcast. Deal with it. <laughs> you know, we get the, the unctuous Jedi's of the Jedi plates. And it's like they've, oh, he, he said something outrageous on his show or he said something outrageous on Truth Social or whatever the hell, on Gab or whatever that they call it. What are all the, 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 the Nazi Twitter's parlor. How many of them are there now? Yeah. It doesn't matter. And you and you, if you trace it back, it, they've got a book out, or they've got something they're rolling out, and they right. just knew that you can get instant engagement by saying making some anti-trans joke, or it's just so easy. I hate to see people falling for it because I, I don't know. It, it's just. Yeah. It seems like it's, it's a cycle where everybody's cashing in because this guy's selling his book on backward masking. The bands are now know if they can put something that sounds backward in their song that that gets attention. It's like everybody's just making money off the the rubes. Outrage is the original algorithm. Oh, that sounds smart as shit. Oh, I did oh, it. I'm out, you guys. Really good. That's a pull quote. I'm gone. Uh, uh, fucking see you I later. Have a, that was something these... I pulled from the next book. Uh, he wrote a sequel to this book uh, like two years later. Because that's and, how well it's sold. By the way, like, do did not have enough material for even one book. I want to point out. There's <laughs> a lot of padding. Like, I'm going to say 95% of the book has nothing to do with backward masking at all. Like, 
uh, I think, 11 pages and it's over. But uh, this is from the second book, uh, this section on Motley Crue. And it says, Motley Crue, this group has writing on their album that openly states, this album may contain backward messages. They're right, too. It does. <laughs> we caught them. Se- Can you believe we, <laughs> we sussed it out? They didn't want us to find that. Off their Shout at the Devil album, played backwards, says, backward mask, where you are. Oh, lost in error. Satan. Which is uh, nothing. That's nothing. That's not, and, yeah. So um, they did a bad job at it. They called yeah, their shot. So it, did not do it. Did not pull it off. I, okay. I, I also want to point out, even with the supernatural powers of Satan, who, as far as I understand in, in Christianity, is the second most powerful being in existence. Sure. In his infinite powers, when he hid a satanic message in these songs, he could have a lyric that kind of makes sense going forward and a lyric that makes no sense backward. <laughs> and Satan, Satan himself is like, look, this is the best I can do. It's the just, shit it's, is hard. Right? It's like... Satan is Lord Marijuana. <laughs> like, like the, look, it's going to do something in the kid's brain. Just trust me. This, this is, I can't give you like an eloquent line of, of like Alistair the Crowley poetry or something in there. This is, I, I'm not, I'm not God. I'm just, I'm just the devil. That's why you had to land on decide to smoke marijuana. You know, he's down there in hell being like, I look, I know there's a better way to fucking phrase that. I just, <laughs> it doesn't work with the lyric. You try and it. He, even when God inserted it into the gospel music, the best he could get was like happy furball glory, <laughs> whatever it was. It's like, look, again, if you want the song to make sense going forward, you have to give me some license on the backward version. It has to fit. Um, I have another clip here uh, I want to read. There's a section on Olivia Newton-John's Let's, Let's Get Physical, because that song, uh, I don't know if <laughs> you know Notorious Satan worshiper. But it's about fucking. Um, he says, so he's just complaining about how, God damn it, this song is about having sex. And he says, another verse says, I'm sure you understand my point of view. We know each other mentally. you got to know that you're bringing out the animal in me. Let's get physical, physical. I want to hear your body talk. With lyrics like this, it's no wonder that a recent Norman Harris survey found that almost one out of three, 13 to 50 year olds, and six out of 10, 16 to 18 year olds have experienced sexual intercourse. Yeah, we didn't do it before that. She <laughs> invented it. Congratulations, <laughs> it, Olivia. It changed the world, that album. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. God, I owe her so much. When Paul Stanley says, no place for hiding, baby, no place to run. You pull the trigger of my love gun, love gun, love gun, love gun, love gun. He is not actually speaking of a gun there. No, because I think that was that was pre uh, physical. So he was actually being sincere. (laughs) It wasn't invented. Stanley invented fucking that's a real letdown. So the whole book, the rest of the book is just that, just like him finding songs that are about like lewd behavior and being like, can you believe this lewd behavior? So stop so the book on backward masking. Just it's like, yeah, for, you know, what really sucks. It's forward masking. That's way worse. <laughs> 11 pages. So funny because it's, it's an already extremely weak claim that it's so badly diluted by, because again, 
If you're going to claim that Satan has mind controlled these bands into putting backward, you know, messages into their music, that requires a great deal of evidence to support that that assertion. Like you really gotta gotta come with the receipts on that. If partway through you're just like, well, and forward, a lot of these songs are about sex. Even yeah. the most hardcore believer, <laughs> it's like. There's country music songs about sex. There's, you know, there's an entire section of the Bible. It's about sex. It's they're just poems of about 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 porking. Do kids say that anymore? Do they refer to sex as porking? No, if we not, can bring it back. Can, can I bring it back? Bring it back. Yeah, um, sure. But there, yeah, there's entire. That. It's just song after song about about poontang. In other words, okay, I, kids I, don't I'll, say I'll, that. I'll, <laughs> okay, well, I'll bring that back to TikTok, and we'll we'll get it we'll get it going again. It, it's it, it, see, this is this is what's frustrating to me is because I feel like this is a gravy train you could keep going forever if you're willing to put out the amount of effort that you put into Funky Cold Medina. <laughs> yeah, because any song ever recorded. You just need five seconds. Not even that. You need three seconds. You, you need five or six words that is something that sounds like Satan or devil or Lord. Like there's any any infinite, you know, evil, whatever, sacrificed, anything, anything in there. I don't believe this guy dedicated the time to do, to find more good examples. I think they had these core ones they would play at the speaking on the speaking circuit, the five or six or seven famous ones, the Beatles one, all, all of that, the same ones we've all heard. Mm-hmm. And I think they just quit because I think just quit. You, you were more dedicated to getting to making that article good. <laughs> Then these they people were to saving the souls of the country yes. were to defeating the literal satanic <laughs> yeah. army of demons because it is a tedious task. Like you've got to sit there and really listen. You got to listen to it over and over and over and over and over again. Um, it took minutes, literal minutes. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's I, very frustrating. One more thing I want to read about Prince. This is from his uh, sequel book. Prince uses backward masking on his Purple Rain album that mocks the coming of Christ. A segment played backwards says, hello, how are you? I'm fine, because I know the Lord is coming soon. Believe me, if Prince knew the Lord was coming soon, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing and singing what he's singing. (laughs) So this fucking guy, even when the song is like, Christ is great. Hi, how's it going, Christ? They're like, fucking, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? If people listen to that three times, it will become a truth. (laughs) <laughs> you can't okay. win. All right. I feel like this guy didn't know that Prince was a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, he couldn't. And that he had sexy. this weird pro, like pro-sex version of Christianity that he practiced. That is not difficult information to find. Like, I get that the internet didn't exist back then, but that was that's something that was like he he has these songs about it, it like. I feel like this guy didn't know. I feel like the only thing he ever heard was that one bit. I, again, yeah, I don't. It's stunning how. It's the laziness that bothers me. Music, yeah. I'm and not a big music, really. music expert, but this guy just knows absolutely nothing. He's like, Queen means homosexual, and that that's everything you know about Queen. He doesn't mention that one of the men in there is a famous, famously gay man. And he just, it just doesn't come up. He's just like, 
If you if um, you look at the way Elton John dresses, yeah, it could be implied that he is trying to subvert masculinity somehow. That he may be he, he may not exclusively prefer female partners. Impossible. I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine what that would look like. Um, there's another group of guys. Uh, Dan and Steve Peters are two brothers who also wrote a couple books on this. Uh, I have one uh, one thing I want to read from this. Um, let me, let me find. It appears in the song Darling Nikki on the Purple Rain LP. At the beginning of the tune, Prince asks the subliminal question, how are you? Then he lets his fans know, I am fine because the Lord is coming soon. When the secret message was discovered, many teens exclaimed to their puzzled parents, see, Prince is a Christian. It's okay to listen to his music. Actually, just the opposite is true. <laughs> so again, these guys took the same thing. Prince saying, hi, everybody. I'm having a really pleasant time speaking to the Lord Christ. And they're like, no, absolutely not. I like that he always says hi first. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Christ is pretty good, right? <laughs> they have a little handshake they do. A little wave, a little backwards wave. Uh, I like that he doesn't include any evidence as to why. Actually, the opposite is true. End of statement. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it, some people... The Jehovah's Witnesses used to be as a religious group. I don't know how prominent they still are today. I'm sure they're still around. They, they never go away. But they used to go door to door. Like they, where mm-hmm. I growing up, they came door to door like like at least once a year with their pamphlets. I don't remember what it was called, but they had like a magazine. Um, uh, Prince used to do that. If you lived in the <laughs> Minneapolis area, you could straight up get a knock on your door, and it would absolutely be Prince there. <laughs> That's, with his Jehovah's Witness family. pamphlet. Uh, like, I guess what I'm saying is Prince was probably more devout than the guy that wrote this book who did this yeah. lazy half-assed effort. To, I uh, can't picture Prince doing that without the revolution behind him. It's <laughs> like you would have to open the, whole, the door to all of them holding pamphlets. You wouldn't stand a fucking a chance. I'd convert on the spot. <laughs> the giant Hulk Hogan bodyguard guy. There's this fa- my favorite Prince moment. It was at an award ceremony and he won some award. Uh, Lionel Richie presented it, uh, it probably Grammy or something. He won a million awards, but it took him like an hour to get up. Cause like he has this whole entourage and his bodyguard just looked like his knees were blown out from 50 years of pro wrestling. So he's just like, they waddle up to the thing and Prince just gets up there and he's like, like after all this buildup, he's just like, thank you very much and leaves. And Lionel Richie's mind is blown. He's like, outrageous, outrageous. I love it. I think I've told this story on the podcast before. It makes me so happy. We will do an entire Prince episode, not about any specific, just sharing our Prince anecdotes. For example, after Prince's tragic death uh, from doing it and, and unthinkable amount of drugs, and he had stayed up for, I think they said like 160 hours in a row or some impossible number, and then his body just gave out. Um, but in the aftermath, they were talking about his drug use and his, he was addicted to prescription drugs. And one of the people they interviewed, this is not funny. I, I know I'm laughing while I say it, but they said like, well, yeah, you know, he used to come into Walgreens so frequently and, and re- refill that prescription. It's like, you, you knew that it was too much, but you, and I started thinking like, you're in Walgreens in Minneapolis mm-hmm. and there's just Prince waiting in line. <laughs> Yeah, I can't picture killers. Prince in a Walgreens. <laughs> they were talking to like the one of the pharmacists there behind the counter, and they're like, "Yeah, like you saw how frequently he came in, and we knew that it was." I was like, "Huh? I mean, I guess 
uh, yeah, it's, I mean, he's, he is just a human being who lived there and people would see him around. It's just, you don't think of, you don't think of like running into prints at Ace Hardware, like buying, like buying a plunger or something. He just, I don't know. Looking at knee wraps, reading the back of the package in line. I can't picture him standing in line. I just, I, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. I'm sure it. he in reality, he waited in the parking lot and sent in an assistant or something. But the way they phrased it, it straight up sounded like the, either they came to the drive through or else he went inside. And They did that. Uh, do you remember that documentary on Michael Jackson? And he, he went to Caesar's Palace and he just kind of walked around like shopping. And by the time he'd gone to three stores, there was a crowd of like 200 people following him. It was fucking creepy and like getting a note i feel like that had to have been prince's life like i feel once you see prince you're gonna follow prince for an hour or two yes i what is what is prince up to he'd like vanish into little holes you're like i know you're in there prince you hear a giggle (laughs) you have to track track which hole he's gonna pop out of next whack a prince Anyway, backward masking. What the fuck are we talking about? Backward masking. Uh, I, I mean, that's do you have, the end of my research. Well, in your notes, because again, the Judas Priest famously went to trial over this, right? You familiar uh, I, with that I whole thing? I think that they refused to go to a trial. As, uh, I think, yeah, I feel, I feel like that's the story here. I, did, I remember reading that. Judas, I'll look it up. No, they absolutely went to trial because uh, Rob Halford, this was in 1990, Google is telling me. Um, right. Because a family sued saying yeah, that right. his lyrics had uh, driven a child to suicide, a teenager. Was that the background? Yeah. Two, two young men. I know to the listeners, it sounds like we're Googling this in the middle of the podcast and that, no, we, we have our research in stacks of paper here. We're just <laughs> sifting through to find, to find the stuff that we, cause we've been, we, we, we researched these for about two to three months in advance. Oh, I'm just um, going into my mind palace. <laughs> yeah. Robert, for you store your, your, your dog zone research. Right. It's like so a Minneapolis Walgreens. They'd hit they'd hidden subliminal messages like try suicide and do it and let's be dead in their cover of spooky tooths better by you better than me which try suicide crazy see if you like couldn't it you couldn't you find the original and see if that had the same subliminal message and i guess if it didn't that would prove that they they added it somehow that's incredible because you have like a control group in this um, but he, when no, Rob Halford the took the, the, the stand and this is, there's, there's a video version of this. Uh, he went through and played from some of their, the same songs, or other songs that you could. And he did the thing where he picked out like nonsense phrases. Like I think one that he found yeah. was like in a perfect, a perfect enunciation of the phrase, Hey mom, my chair is broken. <laughs> and demonstrating for the jury, like, you know, if now that I've told you to hear this, you're going to hear it. And it was so it was a suicide attempt, I guess, um, of two. There were two, an eighteen-year-old and a twenty-year-old kid, and they claimed that they had done it under the the influence of the song. And this went to trial. I mean, this was amazing in nineteen ninety. This is not ancient witch hunt days. This is this is only. 32 years ago, which (laughs) see to some of our listeners. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a long time ago, but uh, the Keller case was 1992. And that was the one where like 
those daycare providers were arrested for like satanic ritualing, like sex crimes. Yes. And uh, just completely made up. They just asked a bunch of kids, hey, did those guys like rub you with raw chicken? They're like, what the fuck? Uh, and they're like, if you tell me yes, I'll give you a lollipop. And they're like, uh, yeah, totally. And they're like, yeah, put them in jail. And it fucking worked. Like that was 1992. So yeah. that's how. We have a wonderful we episode stupid. on that, that if you guys can go find or you'll, they'll link it in the, the Patreon. It, I, I think everyone agrees it was a good episode about the the satanic panic stuff, because uh, I believe that was the episode where you, you had the drawings from that, that therapist. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and there's a while where we start, we get off on a tangent discussing how we would personally attack a, a Satanist town. If it actually did yeah. exist, like how would we would conduct our assault on the town? Uh, anyway, that sounds like us. <laughs> it got off on a tangent for quite a while, if I remember, but how would you defeat Prince? Like while we're on the subject of how we would <laughs> you fight. would not, you have already lost the moment you come into conflict with Prince. You have already, you have already lost. Yeah, you're I don't have a good counter for the rollerblading. He would certainly be doing. <laughs> That's what gets me. Like I, I, I would have to play a lot of DJ boy to like train up on roller skate fighting. Mm-hmm. It can be done. That's uh, the, and, and again, it, since this is again now the Prince podcast, <laughs> when people heard like the Dave Chappelle bit about Prince like being really good at basketball. Uh-huh. I still feel like some people think that was all just a big bit, even though it's presented as like true story and don't realize that if Prince had chosen to pursue basketball instead of music, he was like equally good at that. <laughs> some people yeah. are just better than you at everything. That's just the way that's just the way the world is. He he was better looking than you. He was a musical genius who could learn any instrument in like a day. And also if you decided to take him to the to a street court and and try, try to to try to hustle him for money he would just dunk over you again and again um some people can just do can just do everything it's my favorite fair. my favorite prince story god i'm i'm just gonna absolutely butcher this because i have to remember it it's somebody <laughs> was invited out to to a roller rink to like a roller skate party with prince at, at kind of a last minute and it was the middle of the night and he had like woken up the people that ran the roller rink and rented it out just for like, I don't know, these 12 people or whatever. And they showed up there and they waited forever. And then Prince shows up and he puts on some like light up rainbow rollerblades and he performs just a beautiful routine for everybody and then goes home. (laughs) He just had to put on this little show. Just at three in the morning. He's just like, gather 12 people. I'm going to put on a light up rollerblade show. Now I'm tired. I will see you later. I just <laughs> leaving us all with a little bit of magic. <laughs> I have more Prince stuff I could read from these books. Uh, sure. Yeah. Most, this is, it's just, it's just Prince from here on out. I have like Prince seven or eight more Prince anecdotes I want to share and I'm holding them. <laughs> I'm holding back. Let's just do a few. Let's run through it. Sure. I heard a story that is possibly apocryphal that I can't find any evidence on the internet because otherwise I would have linked it on Twitter or something that at one point during in the eighties, during the height of his, his fame or his early fame, uh, he in Minneapolis, I guess that he, he and his entourage, like he always went around with, as you mentioned, like the big bodyguard. And again, we're, we're picturing the entire revolution behind him, but of course at all times, and the, he boarded a, a bus and it turned it dressed in full on Prince garb and with his entourage boarded the bus, 
looked down at an elderly woman sitting in front and said, excuse me, miss, have you heard of the prince? And she said, yes. And he said, good. And then turned around and walked out. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot find any evidence. I heard that, read it somewhere in my youth. Cannot find any evidence of it online that I will believe it to my dying day. Somebody happened. It might have been Prince himself, but somebody challenged him. Like, find somebody that hasn't heard of you. It's like, motherfucker, I can't. (laughs) Yeah, ask. I I think that was point. Like, ask the oldest, whitest woman on there because it's that's the whole wonder of that anecdote. It's like the before and after of what led up to that and what motivated him to do it, and it had to have been somebody like claiming, like you know, these people don't know who you are. You you know that. Uh, he's like, watch this. To be, you pick the person. You pick the person. I'll go talk to him. Come ask that old lady on the bus. Uh, anyway. So there's multiple pages about Prince in this book, but let's it's all some. just kind of... Okay, let's do it. Uh, most of Prince's music is sexual. He seems to be obsessed with a warped sense of morality. In an interview, talking about his view of sex, he said, when I was nine, I wanted to write pornographic novels. My mother used to keep a lot of pornographic material in her bedroom, and I used to sneak in there and read it. This had a great deal to do with my sexuality today. It made me warped to a degree, but it made me aware of my sexuality at an early age. So I actually believe that nine-year-old story. The other kid that was like the drug runner from Texas, I don't, I don't buy that one. Yeah, Prince was, um, Prince was learning how to be horny in third grade. I believe that. For sure. I mean, you have to practice uh, early. You have to get in your 10,000 hours to be a master of fucking. Other of Prince's songs speak of used Trojans, parentheses, condoms. Oh, my God. (laughs) It would have been way worse if they weren't condoms, though. (laughs) In his song Delirious, the final stanza says, Girl, you got to take me for a little ride. Up and down, in and out, and around your lake. I'm delirious. As if all of this wouldn't be enough. Prince now uses backward masking to mock the return of Christ. So, yeah, they, they do get back to that story about... Just that, so he just didn't know. This How probably introduced a lot of like old Jesus. Christian women to the idea that Prince fucks a lot, though. They were probably like, Oh my, in and out around around <laughs> the lake, you say. Not even my birthday. <laughs> there's there's no way that I just want to see you bathing in my purple rain. <laughs> what they what they thought that was because that obviously is the entire joy of prince is like the song when doves cry like if you if you bring up the lyrics to that and you try to do a word search for boner or schlong or schwans or or you know or balls anything like that you won't find it Uh but the whole joy of prince is that even that song that it's all very poetic and all that is just the filthiest thing you've ever heard because you could give him any song he, he can cover he can cover any song anything give him one of your gospel songs and let him sing it while in the video he's nude in a bathtub and then crawling naked toward the camera the whole time and it will become the filthiest thing you've ever heard that that's what's magical he didn't have to have it in the lyrics at all just the he'll tell you how he's going to make you come when you play it backwards. That's the kind of magic <laughs> Prince had. Well, except for Darling Nikki, which he, I feel like he just got sick of it at, at some point in the album and was like, okay, here's what I'm about. 
Here's one that's just, just straight up about fucking. Jerking off in the lobby. That's that's my thing. Like, you might not have gotten it with all of my poetry. It's important that you know I fuck powerfully and often. So what have we learned today? What what, what lesson? Because we never, ever here on at Hot Dog, we never just want to be pointing and laughing at people. Right. We sure. want to be saying, okay, but what, what can we learn about society and about people? Like, why was, why, did, like, I would, I think if we found out how many copies of this book this guy sold, I think we would be sickened by the number of copies. Yeah, we would be depressed. I bet it was I in the tens learned, of millions. I think what we've learned is some people have been stupid for 50 years in the exact same way, and there's just no fixing it. And you look at QAnon, you're like, oh my God, how did this happen? It's like, no. I have a whole fucking section of my library of people doing the exact same shit going back to the seventies. Reality is just not enough. It's not enough yeah. to say, look, a lot of these rock stars die of heroin overdoses in their twenties. That's not good. Don't, you know, don't idolize that. That's not, no, that's not enough. It's like, it's like no, no, no. We have to uncover the secret evil uh-huh. in this song about how much, how the perfect groupie is 16 years old. That's, yes, that's that's a little problematic forward, but when you hear it backward, <laughs> you'll see that he was worshiping Satan in the middle yes. of this orgy of, of high school sophomores. He broke his mother's chair if you listen to it backward. <laughs> Very suspicious. So I don't know. I, I think we learned nothing. I didn't learn a learn single it? fucking thing. I think that's the whole point of the dog zone is like we, we step away from learning and importance and we just fuck around for an hour. I, th- I would thought I was worried. I thought I was going to learn something. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it replaces other knowledge in your brain. Cause you have finite space with mm-hmm. something that does not, is not going to help you at all. Well, it's uh, that's not true. I did store some more Prince anecdotes. Yeah. <laughs> Made a couple of purple prince wrinkles up in there. Here at 1900 Hot Dog Daycare, we believe every child can be supreme. Now let's meet a few of our precious tots. Three Finger Louie, Aaron Croston, Adrian H, Aiden Muet. Get well soon, we're all rooting for you. No Alpha Scientist Java, we do not hold the weight here. Unandy. Andreas Larson. Badger, Transformers aren't food. No, especially not if you're a Transformer. That's fucked up. Benjamin Cyronin. Ben Talzer. Brandon Garlock. Brian Saylor. You need to poke air holes in the Play-Doh mask or this game of mummy gets way too real. Brienne Whitney. Brockway loves the meat milling. Yes, he does. Burrito Mouth. 
Cyril, don't touch that. Never touch that. I don't even understand how you're touching that. Rev. Chance McDermott. Chris Brower. Curious Glare. Dan B. The artist formerly known as Devin, sweetie, knives are for grown-ups and revenge only. Dean Costello. Donald Finney. Dr. Awkward. Eric Spalding. Fancy Shark. Jellaho. Now, see, Greg Cunningham needs those knives for revenge, and now he doesn't have them. Do you see why we saved the knives? Hambone. Haraka. Hot Fart. Very funny. Jaber Al Aiden. James Boyd. Jeff Araski Fire is not your friend. If anything, it's more of a lover. Jeremy Neal. John Dean. John Hector McFarlane. John McCammon. Josh Fabian. Joshua Graves, I don't care how many rats you tied together, you cannot ride them like a magic carpet. Josh S. Ken Paisley. K&M. M. Jahi Chappelle. Matt Riley. Max Baroy, I know you mean well, but what you're doing is called Compromat. Michael Lair. Michael Wells. Mickey Lohman. Mike Stiles. Moju. ND, a smaller child is not a pet, no matter how much they purr. Neil Bailey. Neil Schaefer. Nick Ralston. Ozzy Olman. Patrick Herbst. The Amazing Rain, get your fingers out of there. The Bible strictly forbids it. It's very clear. Rhiannon. Sarkovsky. Sean Chase, don't. Actually, fuck yeah, I think you can make that jump. Let's see it. Spotty Reception. Supernaut. Ted H. Thomas Cavazos, I don't think you can make that jump. But I want nothing more in this world than to be wrong. Let's fucking see it. Timmy Leahy, Toasty God, Tom Sakula, Tommy G, Waylon Russell, Yosarian, Armando Nava, you're you're actually doing great. Gold Star. Don't don't attack the other children with the gold star.